uh, I'm thankful to be here, and uh, I do feel like God has given me a word. <clears throat> you know, as an evangelist, you usually get the perks of getting to preach something over and over and over again. Um, and, I, and I was talking to Brother Tyler actually today in the office, and I told him, I said, man, I said, God won't let me preach something that I want to preach. I've got to preach what he's telling me to preach tonight. So tonight is going to be different for me. I just want to make that very clear. Um, nobody likes to preach harder than I do, I don't think. I love to preach till I'm red in the face and I've sweat through my shirt and suit and I've gone through about 17 bottles of water. Um, but the Lord really began to deal with me <clears throat> um, starting on uh, Monday and, and I just feel like God's given me a word tonight. So if you would just bear with me and if we could open our hearts to the word of the Lord. Very burdened tonight with what I feel. I prayed a very different prayer for myself for this service and that was that I could almost feel as the prophet felt as he wrote my text tonight. I wanted to feel that weight that he, he had on him when he began to put this on paper and I really feel like the Lord has done that. I, I, I told, uh, told somebody that today and they said, be careful what you pray for, you might get it. And um, I think I'm living in that right now. I'm so heavy tonight, but I'm excited to see what the Lord is gonna do uh, I have a picture I want to start with tonight, if they have it up there. Um, it's a picture of a tree. As we can see of this tree, this is a small and seemingly very insignificant tree. One that if you were I today or in the future were to buy a house and were to see that tree planted in the front yard, I imagine uh, we would want to get it out as soon as possible. Um, it really does not does not have the beauty of the bloom of the rose and it doesn't encumber the subtle beauty of the lily that's found in the valley. Nothing about this tree is appealing to the eyes. A matter of fact, if we were to begin to do our landscaping and redo our yard, I don't imagine anybody buying this tree and saying, I need this in my front yard. It's not really very effective for shade and it doesn't really produce fruit that is tasty and it's not an apple tree or one time I started doing something about trees and I listed something that didn't grow on a tree so I'm just going to stop there. <laughs> but that tree is where we find our text tonight in Jeremiah 8 and number 22. He said, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is the health of the daughter of my people not recovered? Jeremiah, understanding the importance of a seemingly unimportant tree, begins to talk to us about the necessity of a balm in Gilead and the necessity of a physician thereof. Through 50 generations, Gilead was famed for its plantations of aromatic and medicinal herbs. This very tree, the Bassam tree, was a lowly tree, little better than a shrub, with scanty foliage and inconspicuous flower. Looking at it, you would scarcely have thought it to be profitable for any purpose, for shade, for beauty, or for fruit. But on wounding its stem, there flowed a very pellucid gum which was carefully collected 
and was considered of all the substances known to pharmacy the most sovereign and wonderful. So early as the days of Joseph, this balm was an object of commerce and was carried down to Gilead to Egypt in the days of Solomon. The gardens where this tree grew were annexed to the crown and it became an item of the royal revenue. So precious were they deemed that in the days of the Roman invasion, a battle was fought for their possession and among other symbols of victory, which this great victorious Roman leader carried this basom tree. It was born through the streets in a triumphal procession. The healing nature of the balm of Gilead was noised abroad as it was carried and applied across cities and kingdoms. They understood the importance and the necessity of the balm that was in Gilead. So the prophet Jeremiah poses this rhetorical question found in Jeremiah 8 and 22. Is there no balm? Knowing Gilead was known and one of the only places of which you could find this life-giving balm. He then begins to continue to write in the second format of this rhetorical question, is there no physician knowing that the greatest of specialists in not only taking this balm from the tree, but also applying it was found in Gilead. The healing ointment was applied by physicians that understood its components found on these buds. They knew the balm. They knew this balm was for some the only hope. With an understanding they applied by the hand of the physicians who understood these healing elements. So when we see this very insignificant looking tree, but to those that understand the value and what this tree represents, they knew in reality it was of the utmost of value and of the utmost importance. They would look among that tree with amazement and wonder. But the question yet was posed, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? The prophets are called physicians and the word as we know, this is the balm as we are to look at it in New Testament and in our days and type in shadows, we would understand that the physician would be the man of God or the preacher who is first the great physician, Jesus. But all of us have received the commandment in Matthew 28, 19 with the great commission to go forth preaching and teaching and applying the balm of Gilead. As the word is the bomb, so are the ministers of the gospel in due measure in their place to speak properly and fully. Christ is our only physician and we are but his ministers bound to apply his saving medicine to the sick souls of his people. So we need to understand this bomb is what we receive the day that we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This bomb is the answer to the world. Jesus gave us this command, as I said, in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18, we will pick it up. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things wheresoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end 
of the world. As we have received this life-giving ointment, as we have received this life-giving thing, as we have received this thing that, that, that is so sought after by so many, they just may not understand exactly what they are seeking after. It is now our God-given right as the ministers of this balm to distribute it to those that are dying all around us. As we have received from those who are willing to go to this source of the life-giving tree, we must also realize it is our job to go to this life-giving source and deliver its life-giving agents to those that are all around us. We find that the balm, as previously stated, is the word of God. Everybody say the balm is the word of God. And the physician, the great physician, is Jesus. And once we have received, we become a physician of the balm as well. To quote Brother Stone King, everybody in the New Testament was a preacher. The way to get out this juice that would create the balm is by cutting it very precisely, thus issuing would be this precious balm as you see here. It is also how we get the healing ointment out of God's word is by cutting it and skillfully dividing it. Second Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth to not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It is true that God's word is the bread of life, but while it is in the whole loaf, many cannot understand it. So it is needful for us as the physicians to break open the balm of Gilead and deliver it to those that are around us. In this season, we must be in the word of God more than we have ever been, breaking it down and giving it to this hurting world like never before. I stand today, and for the last three or four days, I feel like I have heard the cries of this world echoing through my mind, and I hear the hurts of the people that are in this city and every city across the world right now. And we must understand that they may be crying out things that issue onto mainstream media, but what they are really hungry for is the bomb that is found in Gilead. They need this healing ointment that we get to experience. And it is our job to break it down and give it to those that are dying and, and, and freely give it to them that are hungry and freely divide this word and deliver it to those that are lost and on their way to a devil's hell. Jesus said it this way, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In Matthew 10, 17, and as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, this is what he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out the devils. Are you ready? This last part is what I really want to bring to your attention. Freely ye have received. Freely ye have received. It didn't cost you anything. It cost him everything. And he said, freely as you have received, that's how we need to give freely. We cannot be stingy with this bomb. We cannot be stingy with this sought after thing. We cannot be stingy with what we have received freely in the house of God. As their earthly bomb was by their civil merchants transported to other nations and given to them so that they could receive this healing ointment. So it is our job to go and to give them this forever healing agent. 
So when this heavenly balm was given to any Gentile, a merchant of their own, a prophet of Israel carried it. Nineveh could not have survived lest Jonah carried this balm. There would have been no hope for Babylon unless Daniel would have marched into that place and held on to his convictions and delivered this bomb. Acts, uh, we look at Acts 13 and verse number 47, for so hath the Lord commanded us saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. They're glad when they hear this life giving ointment and this life-giving balm. They were glad when they heard it and they glorified the word or the balm of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed and watch what he said. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. This must be published in Palm Bay. This must be published in Melbourne. This must be published in this county. This must be published in this state. This must be published in this world. We have a bomb that is found in Gilead. And it is our job, it is our job as we have freely received to freely give this bomb. There they were willing to receive the bomb of Gilead. And just as Paul had to go and show them the word, we must go and show the word. It is our heavenly duty to show this life-giving substance of the bomb of Gilead. The world is crying for something. The world is not in need of another program this world is not in need of another gimmick. This world needs a mouthpiece of God to stand and propagate the gospel and to go forth teaching and preaching this beautiful, wonderful, matchless truth. Acts 2.38 will still save somebody. Baptism in Jesus' name is still the only way. We have a bomb found in Gilead. We have a bomb found in Gilead. And it is our great commission to stand and to deliver this bomb. We need not to diagnose the symptoms for another day. We've got to quit diagnosing symptoms and get down to what really is the disease. We've got to quit uh, uplifting the symptoms and we have to make the diagnosis that was made in the beginning in Genesis at the fall of man. Sin is still the issue. Sin is still the disease that we're up against. This world needs someone to stand and say, I've got the answer to sin. We cannot continually treat the symptoms that we hear publicized on mainstream media. That's a symptom of the sin. The things that are going on in this world, their cry for drugs, their need for alcohol, their need for another pill or another shot from a needle, their need from those things is a mere cry of a symptom of the real disease. And we have the answer against sin. This world is not crying for reasons, headlines boosted by our mainstream media. You've got to discern their true cry. And that is an empty vessel crying out saying, I need something real in my life. I need something sustainable to carry me through. Everything else that I've tried, it's temporary. I need something that's going to last me. I need something that's going to carry me. I need something that's going to mend my marriage. I need something that's going to put my family back together. I've tried every 12-step 
program. I can't get off the alcohol. I can't get off the drugs. Oh, but I've got an answer for you, friend. And if you're listening tonight, and if you're in this room tonight, there's a bomb in this room. There is a healing agent in this room. It's found in the word of God. And that is the Holy Ghost. There's a bomb in Gilead. I say to this city, there's a bomb in Gilead. I say to this state, there's still a bomb in Gilead. A bomb of Gilead. I wish to stand today as Jeremiah stood and posed this question. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? And why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Why then is the world hurting? Why must we hear the cry of the body of Christ and not tend to their cry? The cry of the dying souls that are walked by on a daily basis. And I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself here tonight. Melancholy fact is that sin prevails. Sin is here as in other places of scripture, represented under the figurative character of a disease and in the representation to appropriate for sin affects the soul, much in the same way as a disease affects the body. It is a dearrangement of the spiritual frame by which its functions are impeded, its strength enfeebled, its comfort impaired, its proper ends counteracted, and its very existence. As a creature destined to immortal felicity, it is endangered and it is becoming destroyed. The biblical illustrator breaks sin down like this. It is a hereditary disease not induced by outward or accidental circumstances, but entailed upon us as an attribute of our fallen nature and cleaving to us with as much, as much passion as if it were a part of our original being. It continues to write as is a pervading disease, not limited to any one portion of our constitution, but dwelling in every department of it influencing its intellectual powers, its moral dispositions, its sensitive organs. Isaiah said the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. It is a vital and habit-forming disease, not touching merely the extreme or superficial parts of our system and resisted in its progress by any inherent energies, but corrupting and preying upon our inmost soul. And as so, to all that is within us and to all that is around us as to grow with our growth and strengthen with our strength. Sin is a deceitful disease, not always accompanied with those violent and decided symptoms which forbid us to mistake the nature or disregard the perils of our condition, but often assuming that gentle form which allows us our apprehensions and flatters us with the hopes of recovery. It is often withal a paleful and harassing disease, filling us with dissatisfaction and fear and trembling, rendering our days gloomy and our nights restless, or piercing us with agonies to which we can find neither utterance or relief. It is a mortal disease, so the biblical illustrator continues, not inflicting upon us as a momentary moment, and then giving place to the renovated vigor, 
but mocking at all human attempts to throw it off. Sooner or later, subduing us by its resentless power and consigning us to the pains and the terrors of the second death. I ask again to the sin that is trying to consume us and our world. Is there no balm in Gilead? No remedy by which the disease of sin may be cured. Is there no physician there? No physician qualified to apply the remedy and make it effectual. Christ is set forth as the great physician of our souls. He has wisdom to devise whether method may be necessary for rescuing the victims whom he has been sent to deliver. He has tenderness and compassion to induce him to do and bestow and suffer all, whatever it may be which their circumstances require. Christ is still the answer. He has the power to conquer every obstacle that would frustrate his exertions in their behalf and to render effectual means that they may be employed for their recovery. Christ is still the answer. And as he has all these attributes uh, in an indefinite degrees so that he is competent to heal those in whom this disease called sin has assumed its most intervenient form and even to call them back from its very gates of the grave in the records of Christianity. We read many who though sin was preying on their very vitals uh, as a deep-seated and mortal distemper and through they were ready to perish because they had no ability to stand or withstand sin or its progress, yet escaped from its destroying power, Christ stands above sin. As the answer, as the answer, Jesus, friend, is still the answer to sin. Jesus, friend, is still the answer to your hurt. East wind, there's still a balm found in Gilead. And it's that anointing that we feel rushing through this place right now. Friends, brothers, and sisters, there is still a balm in Gilead. It's the word of God. And when we apply it to the hurting and the broken of this world, we will show them, I I know you're crying out, but there's still a bomb in Gilead. I beg God, I ask God, what do I need to preach this Wednesday? There were things I wanted to preach, but I kept hearing the cry of this world right now. I kept hearing the brokenness and the disunity of this world right now. And I felt the Lord quicken me so strongly. There's still a bomb in Gilead. Friend, brother, sister in Christ, the body of Christ that I have the pleasure of standing before today. If you're here today and you're broken and you don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost, I'll tell you there's a balm in Gilead in this room here for you today. But friend, let me go one step further. To every apostolic that's here, there are people outside of these doors that need this balm that's found in Gilead. There are people walking amongst these streets that need this balm found in Gilead. You want to know what the answer to this world's cry is right now? It is still the Holy Ghost. It is still baptism in Jesus' name. They don't need another program. They need the Holy Ghost. They don't need another fancy message. They need the bomb that was found in Gilead. 
Let there be a bomb arise in every home. Let us break this word down like we never have and deliver it to the hurting and the broken. Let us deliver it to those that are bound by addiction, bound by pornography, bound by sin, bound by shame. There's a bomb found in Gilead. Imagine what would happen to this city if 15 of us got so hungry to know this bomb and started teaching Bible studies in our neighborhood. 500 soul revival would happen overnight. Imagine what would happen if we just started saying, I'm going to teach my neighbor a Bible study because I know the bomb that is found in Gilead. A 500 soul revival would take days in that kind of economy. There's a bomb found in Gilead. We can't hear what the world is saying right now and not discern the truth of the matter. It's sin. That's what's going on. Friends, brothers, sisters, These things that are happening were told by this bomb found in Gilead and Jesus Christ himself. And let me tell you what else was told when we start seeing these things. A mighty harvest. Sons and daughters prophesying. Old men having dreams and young men having visions. Let me tell you what else was prophesied of this season. An apostolic harvest uh, where the latter and the former come together and we see a mighty move of the Holy Ghost uh, where we can't hold uh, the amount of people that come into the house of God. There's a harvest in the middle of this chaos, but it won't happen if we don't give them the bomb that is found in Gilead. Love is still the answer. I'm hurrying to a close. John 13, 34, watch what Jesus says. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. As I have loved you. Imagine if Jesus limited his love. But he said, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. You ready? You want to know how we really know if we're a disciple of Jesus? We like to claim that we are. But there's really only one test to know if you're a true disciple. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love, one to another. Next time you're in Walmart or Target or Chick-fil-A, And you feel a hurt on the person standing next to you. Why don't you just remind them there's still a bomb in Gilead. Let me tell you about a place that I want to take you to. And when you get there, you're just going to feel the love of Jesus. That's what we feel in this room, right? And when you get there, you're going to know this is the bomb of Gilead. I'll close with this story and I'm done. Just a, two weeks ago, I think it was, my mom and dad were driving to my grandpa's, I believe it was his 80th birthday. My dad was telling my mom, 
just feel like there's something we need to do right now. I just feel like there's, there's something more I have to be doing right now. My mom said, well, my Lord, Jeff, what do you think it is? He said, I don't know, but there's just something I need to be doing about everything that's going on. So they went to my grandpa's 80th birthday. It was at Colton Steakhouse because my grandpa wanted a steak from Colton Steakhouse. Not Ruth's Chris, Colton's. No, I'm just playing. So they go to Colton's and they're sitting at the table. My dad looks over at this table. He bumps my mom. He says, I just feel, I just feel like I'm supposed to pay for that couple's meal. And my mom goes, Jeff, there's six people at that table. That's going to be like a $130 meal. <clears throat> so they start talking a little bit. And my dad, you know, waves over their waiter. And says, I want to buy that table's meal. Sitting at the table were three different ethnicity groups. And at the head of the table was an interracial couple. And my dad walked up to the man and leaned his hand on his back and said, I just want you to know. I don't agree with what's going on in this world. And we want you to know that Hope Center loves you and we took care of your meal tonight. And put the receipt down. And Bishop, little to his knowledge, that the girl was a backslider from a church just two hours down the road. Well, she got a little inspiration herself. And she makes this post on Facebook showing a picture of the receipt and this long dissertation into what just happened. It ends with this. We want you to know that there are still true Christians in this world that love you no matter what. That's not even the cool part. It now has some 5,000 shares on Facebook. And yesterday, my dad was interviewed by the Baxter Bulletin because they wanted to see the place that showed that there's still a bomb in Gilead. And he was contacted by USA Today, and they said, you know what? We want to do a video interview, and we want to put you on television because we want people to know that there is still love in this world. Friends, brothers, and sisters. There's a bomb still in Gilead. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's still an answer to this hurting and broken world. And it's found right here in what we're feeling right now. This is the answer to the hurting. This is the answer to the broken. This is the answer of Book of Acts Apostolic Church having the love of God and showing forth it. There's a bomb in Gilead. There's a bomb still. Eastwind, there's a bomb of Gilead here today. You're hurting, the bomb of Gilead is here. You're broken, the bomb of Gilead is here. You need a touch of your life, the bomb of Gilead is here. I wish every person, wherever you're at, if you feel led and you want to come and pray for a moment, go ahead. If you want to stay where you're at and just throw your hands up and call upon the name of the Lord, I challenge you to do it. But I pray a conviction would fall on this body tonight. I pray a hunger would fall on us tonight uh, that we would get such a hunger to show forth the love of God uh, that we would remind this world uh, there's a bomb in Gilead. Uh, there's an answer to this hurting world. Uh, come on, your neighbor seems broken. They need the balm of Gilead. Your friend seems broken. You don't understand why. There's still a balm in Gilead. Discern their cry for help. Discern what they're saying and realize sin is still the issue. And the only answer to sin is found in the word of the Lord. The balm of Gilead. Ratalabahasho. 
Come on, just cry out for the next few moments. I'm going to turn this microphone off. Would you just get a hold of an apostolic hunger to get this gospel out like we never had? I want to see 500 souls saved. Why? Because the bomb of Gilead is crying for them. Yeah. <laughs>